And now, from the Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Take a look at my Hello, British Columbia. I'm Anthony Gismani, and welcome to today's show. From Super Tramp to Super Bowl, it's Super Bowl weekend, and we'll be enjoying the big game. I hope you enjoy it wherever you are across our BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Now, on the show today, Brian Kernsner, the owner of Rocky Mountain Chocolate, offers some Valentine's Day's options. John Morris, a two-time Olympic gold medalist in curling, takes us on a tour of Kamloops, Robert Stelmachuk, he's the wine director for Mott 32, has a host of suggestions for your Valentine's Day meal, and regular contributor Ingo Grady joins us with a State of the Vines message across the North and South Okanagan. This is BC Food and Wine Radio. I'm Anthony Gismondi, and we are set to go. There's more to come. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi. Plan a romantic getaway this February and make Penticton the place to fall in love with winter and with each other. Enjoy mountain adventures or just take it easy with a visit to one of over 80 area wineries, cideries and distilleries or the eight craft breweries. Dine out and experience fantastic locally sourced restaurants too. It's the perfect destination for a romantic winter getaway. Before you go, head to visitpenticton.com for information on Valentine's packages and events. Discover the good life right in your own backyard. Destination, the Watermark Beach Resort in beautiful Asuyus. Featuring spectacular views of Asuyus Lake, walking distance to shops, plus dining at the Watermark's very own 15 Park Bistro. And make sure to book your spring and summer travel now to avoid disappointment at the South Okanagan Resort that defines easy living. Visit watermarkbeachresort.com for full details and keep up to date on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. As someone who is starting or adding to their wine or spirits collection, you recognize your choice of a reputable supplier is paramount. As the only auction in Canada dedicated to fine wines and spirits, Iron Gate Auctions offers buyers a safe, inexpensive way to initiate or enhance their collections. They're experts in the field, and all of their offerings are meticulously sourced from private sellers across Canada. To find out more, visit irongateauctions.com. It's time to think turkey. Your BC turkey farmers work hard all year to bring high-quality products to your table. Whether it's a weeknight dinner or special occasion, turkey is always a delicious source of lean protein, and you can't forget the leftovers. With a great meat-to-bone ratio, you get a great value and multiple meals. So the next time you're wondering what to serve, think turkey. Find recipes, info, and more at bc.canadianturkey.ca. From the Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia Studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, British Columbia, and welcome to the show. A shout-out to our BC-wide radio audience, along with our Canada-wide and worldwide listeners on our podcast. Uh, Our next guest is Ingo Grady, the owner of South Okanagan Hermit Wine Company. Uh, Ingo, I want to get right to it. You've had some terrible weather in the Okanagan, some really cold nights. What's going on with the vines? Yeah, it's it's a sad story, and it's probably too complicated because there's a lot of science involved, a lot of precision viticulture involved. Um, but, um, you know, I mean, I always think farmers are the world's greatest optimists and uh, and yeah. have this abiding sense of hope. 
Uh, but weather risks are beyond their control. You can do everything right every day of the year, and one night can destroy it all. And we often say when you dance with Mother Nature, she leads. Yeah. Uh, so we've had a very cold winter last year, and this late December uh, weather we had was even more severe. Um, you know, we, we know that in, in, a, in, a, in a typical year, you know, we'll get cold winters. Um, but research has shown that that the European grapevines, you know, Vitis vinifera, can withstand ranges from negative five to negative twenty, um, yeah. depending on variety and rootstock. Um, anything below those thresholds will damage the vine, the tissue, yeah. the cells, uh, the enzymes. Every part of the plant is compromised, and uh, there's nothing we can do. You know, I mean, some of the sites, um, what I call the better sites. Um, those with natural air drainage, those that are near one of the lakes, which are mm-hmm. a heat sink and, and actually moderate extreme cold. Um, yeah. And some nights we had even those wind machines, you see, you know, I mean, it was minus yep. 24 before we turned them on. And once they were running, it was still minus 24 because we didn't have inversion. So there's yeah. so many factors that go into a brutally cold night that can kill vines. Yeah. Our guest is Ingo Grady. He's the proprietor of the Hermit Wine Company. And what I guess what we're talking about are the buds that would come out for this year's and next year's uh, crop. And what we know is that in the preliminary testing, a lot of these buds have been damaged. Now, we saw that last yes. year, and it turned out that the crop was relatively good. But two years in a row, I think, uh, I, I, for sure, I think we're going to have lower crop levels. That's for sure, if any at all. If it, well, I hate to echo that sentiment, but if any at all, I had a visit with a mutual friend, Michael Bartier, and and I sent you a couple of side by side photos of of right. cross section of of buds. So every cane has potentially three buds: a primary, secondary, and tertiary. Um, mm-hmm. Normally, a primary bud will give you two, three clusters. Um, the secondary one and the tertiary are pretty much useless; they'll just grow leaves and vegetation yeah. so um compared to last year um there there was no green matter in any of the three buds um when you dig a little deeper into uh, into the actual canes um mm-hmm. there's some hope that the channels through which water and nutrients come uh, to the plant uh, don't seem to be damaged but the thing is we don't know really until we get bud break and yeah. and growers are resorting to really unorthodox methods of pruning um you know if i can give you an example normally um you know uh, pr- uh, a cane pruning is the preferred method and you would leave in a typical year 16 buds per cane um yep. this year um people are using a combination of spur and, and cane pruning leaving as many as 70 buds per vine just to yeah. leave an open door for whatever is still alive will show yeah, itself through. in early May, end of yeah. April. Yeah, it's so going to be a, it's going unknown. to be a, it's going to kind of be a long, lonely spring as, uh, as the Okanagan warms up. We'll see what happens. I don't think we're going to need to spread any panic. Let's talk a little bit about that. We're hearing about higher prices, blah, 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 all the, all the baloney that comes, comes with it. But this is, uh, th- th- we're talking about wine that's two or three years down the road. What, what's the situation now? Do we have lots of wine? Do we have just enough wine? How, how will we manage this? Well, we've had a succession of short vintages where most wineries' business plans had to be adjusted down. Um, so that's, that's their business. Uh, 
And I think a, a gradual raising of prices is inevitable. We've all heard mm-hmm. about supply chain issues, you know, exchange rate fluctuations. So you, if you're in, in the program of using new barrels, uh, that's going to be cost you. Uh, freight, just shipping empty glass from Italy or France or California has tripled in price per container load. So um, those expenses are hopefully going to be passed along to consumers gradually. But what mm-hmm. this winter is going to do, thankfully, you know, like, like our friends at Blue Mountain, you know, they didn't make a crop when they had too much smoke taint. Um, yeah. uh, they could probably afford that, because, but they had an inventory of the two previous vintages, you know, yeah. especially the sparkling wine program. Uh, for me, it's still the gold standard for sparkling wine in the Okanagan. So it right. really depends on the winery. I would suggest that when the new releases come out in the spring, you know, certainly the whites <laughs> and the reds later on, you um, buy early. <laughs> I think if people trust their a particular vintner, yep. go out and buy a case or several. Yep. You know, make sure you're well stocked. Yeah. Our guest is Ingo Grady, the proprietor of the Hermit Wine Company, and we'll get to that. Uh, the other reason I wanted to talk to you is you're going back into the education business. Or, uh, you've been teaching people about wine for 40 years, but uh, tell us about this latest venture now that you're into. Well, classes are in session at the beautiful Spirit Ridge Resort. I've... Um, I've collaborated with their team, and we're putting on uh, Sunday wine school every Sunday. We're well into the program. We've um, had two uh, full classes back on January 29th and last Sunday. Um, we're, uh, we've, we've done the Okanagan. We've done the basics of tasting wine and growing mm-hmm. wine and, and making wine, and we're now turning international. We've got uh, Tour de France. We've got French, France being the holy grail of wine, at least ask any Frenchman, uh, we're doing France, Italy, Spain, uh, New Zealand, Australia together, then California on its own, and then finally Oregon and Washington, always with an eye to how we can compare uh, those regions to our own Okanagan Valley. Because if you live yeah. here, you've got to know your valley up and down from Lake Country all the way uh, to the south. Uh, you'll grant me being slightly chauvinistic about the south Okanagan because we can grow grapes that no other region in Canada can. Mm-hmm. And you can freeze them too. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for that. Well, but, there's always vacation uh, spots. We just came back from Costa Rica, and and yeah. coming back was tough. But on a day like today, you know, it's it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's out there. gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, well, Ingo, I love this idea of of uh, you know one of my pet peeves is that we don't do enough uh, across the world exchanges in the Okanagan that that uh, consumers can get involved in and learn more about. I mean, if you can't understand. Uh, you know, Grenache, if you don't understand Spanish wine sort of thing. You can't, if you don't know German Riesling, how can you talk about BC Riesling? So I like these these kind of classes where you can compare what we're doing or at least, you know, side by side, let people taste both and, and uh, admire the differences or not. But but uh, the best way to learn about wine is tasting it side by side with uh, the rest of the world. That's how you measure yourself. Absolutely. And, uh, so it's great for that. So people, they can go to the website uh, where to get information or sign up for these? Yeah, they can go on the Spirit Ridge uh, website and okay. sign up for each class individually. So it's an a la carte thing. You can sign up for all eight. But uh, we use Eventbrite, which uh, makes you uh, sign up for each individual class. So it's a mix and match. We've had, you know, we will go into the week with, with 10 seats, and then we usually fall with 15 to 18 seats. I don't yeah. really want to, you know, go beyond that. Because one bottle size. of wine only goes so far, and I don't yeah, want to be cheap. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's more so intimate. Fun. Yeah, and I'm a lifelong learner, so just preparing for these classes uh, allows me to do a little bit of research, revamp my uh, my slides, 
you know, I'm really into PowerPoint with lots of images and then just bullets. Uh, we play the regional music. We talk about the culture, the food culture of each country. Um, mm. I'm having a blast doing this. I love it. Uh, well, we're almost out of time, Ingo. Let's just quickly uh, talk about the Hermit Wine Company and the current offerings that you have for people that they can check out. Oh, thanks for that. Um, uh, hermitwine.com is the website. Um, it's pretty straightforward. I have um, my 2020 Hermit Red Blend um, available. Uh, I have to say that we just, uh, I'm now working with uh, with Bertus, who is our consulting winemaker at Kismet, yep. where my wines are made, uh, aged in barrel, and then we blend them. Um, the next vintage of Hermit uh, is going to be at least 30% more more complex, has more depth, more complexity. I just love what Yay. I'm looking forward to. Uh, we have limited stock available of the 2020. Mm-hmm. And then the companion wine is, of course, my RMX, which is short for remix. Uh, we remix the classic GSM concept, and there's decent um, inventory available. Uh, Hermit is 30 all-in. That includes shipping and all taxes. RMX is 35 all-in. Right That's on, Ingo. Hey. So great to catch up with you today, and uh, th- I know that we'll all be watching the Valley. I'm sure we're going to be talking to a lot of people in the next couple of months about uh, what's going to unfold as these vines uh, wake up for the new uh, vintage, but nice to get a head start with you. Thank you so much, Ingo. Yes. Thanks. Support your local wine farmer. Yeah, that was Ingo Grady. There's plenty more to come on the show up next. We speak with Brian Kersner. He's the owner of Rocky Mountain Chocolate. On the radio or on our podcast, thanks for listening. This is BC Food & Wine Radio. I'm Anthony Gismondi. There's lots more still ahead. This is the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. Create a Valentine's Day celebration they'll never forget with help from Save on Foods. Offering a collection of more than 1,300 BC VQA wines to share with your sweetie. Plus everything else you need for the big day. One-stop shopping for decadent chocolate, dinner supplies, after-dinner drinks, and of course, flowers and cards. And when you purchase any four bottles, get 10% off. Who doesn't love wine and chocolate? Wines of British Columbia at Save on Foods. With 22 locations. Find yours at saveonfoods.com. Welcome to The Loops. When you love something, you want to do it again and again. Here in Kamloops, you can do laps on your mountain bike or play another round of golf. And when you're ready, welcoming eateries will gladly bring out budget-friendly second helpings or refills. Later on, you can raise the roof for a melodic encore before tucking into a comfy bed, then waking up to discover something new to do all over again. That's what we mean by Welcome to The Loops. Go to TourismCamloops.com to plan your next road trip to The Loops. The Inn at Therapy Vineyards invites you to get away for a luxurious retreat experience. Modern rooms overlooking the vineyards and Lake Okanagan set the tone for a relaxing and refreshing stay on the Naramata bench. Relax on your patio, soak in the hot tub, and enjoy a guided tasting experience in the Therapy Vineyards wine shop. Book your room or order Therapy Vineyards award-winning wines and have them delivered to your door at therapyvineyards.com. Because everyone needs a little therapy. Take your wine appreciation to the next level and become a rebel. Welcome to the Rebel Club at Liber Farm and Winery. As a Rebel member, you'll enjoy a regular shipment of exemplary Liber wines for your cellar, along with complimentary tastings and VIP treatment at the winery and more. And with the ease and convenience of online ordering, your wine will be shipped straight to your door. Discover more at LiberFarm.com. Simply great wines.
The legend lives on. Three Finger Jack roamed the rugged, lawless gold country wilderness along the east ridge of Lodi in Old California, searching relentlessly for riches. The gold may be gone, but this wine, grown in the land where Jack rode, pays tribute to his outlaw nature. A bold Cabernet Sauvignon, truly worthy of that legendary name, Three Finger Jack, outlaw by nature. Discover the legend at a BC liquor store near you or visit threefingerjack.com. From our Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, British Columbia, and a shout out to our network of radio stations across the province on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Our next guest is Brian Kersner. He's the owner of Rocky Mountain Chocolate. Perfect timing as we head into uh, Valentine's Day week. We're excited to have him on the show. Brian, welcome back. Welcome to the show. And uh, hello to you and to everyone. Yeah. Uh, well, let's start in the beginning because, uh, as far as I know, you you were a skier. I love love to skiing. You went to Whistler in 1988, and uh, now you're in the chocolate business. How did that happen? It, it's one of those where I wanted an excuse to write off my ski trips, and <laughs> I, I thought setting up a business would be a good idea, and I went from skiing an awful lot to skiing not at all. So it's yeah. only in the last 10 years that I've been able to get back into skiing again. So it was a good idea that really didn't work out. <laughs> That's how I'm in the chocolate business. Yeah. Uh, well, no chocolate shops in Whistler. What 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 would you say was the state of chocolates even in Canada? It, it, Canada is a, is a unique market. Vancouver, uh, even more so. We, we have probably the largest selection of of independent chocolate companies um, in any city that I'm aware of. Yeah. And but Canada tends to have a much more European flair to the chocolate, um, uh-huh. much more um, decadent, um, smaller pieces, much richer. And, and we wanted to do the opposite. We wanted to create a product that people could eat in abundance. It's not as rich. Uh, it's definitely sweeter um, and something that people could buy in quantity, and hmm. and that's where we differentiated ourselves. And uh, of course, today, like you started in Whistler, you're much bigger than that. What 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 was the decision, or how did you how did you uh, start growing the business? Whistler, it was just my wife and I. I was the the cook, the producer, and my wife was the salesperson, and mm. and we had a lot of fun doing it, and and there was a great attraction from our customers, and and we said, you know, let's try and expand outwards. So our second store was in in Robson Street in Vancouver, and then we went to Calgary, and and just wanted to test the the concept in different markets, and uh, obviously ski resorts have been very good to us. We're across the country in major ski resorts, um, but also airports and shopping malls and street front stores and that. So yeah. it was just a concept that we actually fell in love with and enjoy doing and still to this day enjoy doing it. Mm. Okay, well, let's talk what, what uh, food people talk about and the, the, is the source of your chocolate or what kind of chocolate do you use? You sort of touched on it, but what can you tell us about that? We source almost all of our chocolate comes from Guitard, one of the largest and oldest uh, chocolate manufacturers in the U.S. 
um, not exclusively, but almost. Um, and and it goes back to my previous comment: is we wanted um, chocolate, a, a top quality chocolate. It's not a difference of quality; it's just the difference of, of taste. And and ours is sweeter uh, than the European chocolates like mm-hmm. uh, Calibo and some of the other ones. And We've had a great supply relationship with them from day one, and have remained very loyal to them. They and they and they make an enormous variety of chocolate, so it's not like we're limited at all as to uh, as to the different uh, grades, darkness, um, right. anything that we want from them. Brian Kersner is the owner of uh, Rocky Mountain Chocolate, and we're talking about uh, well, all things chocolate today on uh, on the show. Uh, let's jump to your products because I was uh, pretty stunned by if, if you, uh, by the way, folks, if you go to Rocky uh, RockyChalk.com online and uh, you can check out all these products uh, and buy them as well. Uh, you have a huge selection of product. Uh, online, Let, let's talk about that. What, like, I think about when I think about chocolates, I think about buying a box of chocolates. That's not what you're doing. Well, and our competitors are, are very good, and they do a very good job at, at, at offering customers um, boxes of chocolate. Um, so we wanted to do something different. We we do a lot of uh, production in our stores and in. Caramel apples, for example, we probably make the best caramel I've, I've ever sourced anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just it takes a long time, and it's from an old recipe, and we don't skimp on it. But that's the basis of so many of our products is the items that come out of our kettle. And so when we started with apples and brittles and things like that, it was a transition as to how do we incorporate those items into our gift boxes. And and if you go to our gift boxes, they're very, very different than the traditional gift boxes. You know, we do have those items within the gift boxes. Um, And it just makes for a much more interesting gift box, we believe. Yeah. The, uh, well, by the way, the caramel is incredible. So I, I, uh, I'm with you on that. It's, it's one of my favorites. And with chocolate, it really elevates it for me. So I love the, the use of it in, in uh, so many of your products. Uh, do you, you started out uh, making it there, but do you have like a master chocolatier now? Or how, how does that work in the company? Who, who, who's responsible for all this? We do. We've had, fortunately, we've had, I think, over the 35 years, we've had three and um, we tend to grow them from within as opposed to going out and sourcing just because our, our stuff is a bit unique to to what is out in the chocolate industry. And we always try to push the envelope and create more unique. So um, my wife and I and her team will create items or come up with ideas and then and then have them made. Um, and we do have a whole facility in Burnaby where where we um, create and we can actually manufacture mm-hmm. everything there as well uh, to supplement yeah. what the stores can do locally. Well, uh, Valentine's Day is upon us, so I, I have to ask you: What are some of the most popular things, and perhaps uh, what would you suggest that uh, m- might be a nice gift for the Valentine's Day that people can uh, still get and get on time? I guess. Well, one of the m- most unique items that we've done this year: we started it at Christmas and. And we've got a musical storybook, and we're doing it again for Valentine's Day. And it actually plays music when you open it. It's a beautiful book. But more importantly, inside, there's a 
selection of hand-painted chocolates. And although they all look the same but different colors, they're actually representative of each of our items. So if you love our moguls, which is, you know, our caramel and nut item, uh, we have those there. We've got our bombs, which are, again, caramel. It's our version of a truffle, but we think even better. Um, (laughs) And and that's why I like the music box. It's great. One of the things that we've kind of stood out with, though, is the dip strawberries. And lots of companies do dip strawberries, but it's almost like our caramel apples. I don't think anyone quite does dip strawberries like we do with the decorating and the sourcing of them. Um, And I would think we're probably by far the largest uh, vendor of of chocolate dip strawberries. We do them in pinks and, and milk, dark white and ultra dark and and then we decorate them so um the strawberries gift boxes are probably by far our biggest um item and then there's a whole bunch of different unique items like the music box and and other things that we have some fun with we've got to break my don't break my heart um item which is great which is a three-dimensional uh chocolate box that's filled with uh foiled hearts inside it so um, wow. Things that people can have some fun with. Well, it's a great selection uh, and uh, available online. Now, what about, uh, we hear about supply chain issues, all that. What about ordering it and getting it? Does it uh, take a couple of days or how does it work? Well, COVID's actually changed the business radically for us and many other people. So um, you can order, you can visit our stores by all means, but you can also order online, which is, the traditional method that everyone has, but yep. the delivery services, be it DoorDash, Uber Eats, um, people like that, um, most of our locations are connected with them. So um, you can actually, using those services, you can get the items literally within the hour. Um, and we also have been taking pre-orders on our strawberries and things like that. So wow. um, because we will run out of them, that's that's almost a certainty. So really now there's a multitude of ways of getting it without without leaving your home. Well, it's certainly all worth getting from our website. Yeah, all available there, and that that is uh, rockychalk.com. The other thing I was going to mention, you you mentioned the the nuts. Uh, I was so impressed with the freshness of all the nuts in your products too sometimes uh, you know you just don't get that that super fresh uh, uh, content in nuts and uh, that was impressive as well so you, you have very high quality standards yeah and, and that's something you know unfortunately the the recent events with supply chain have pushed our our prices upwards but one of the things we refuse to do is skimp on on the ingredients it's Whatever it takes to get the best and to source the best, uh, we're never going to yeah. deviate from that. Um, and nuts is one of those. So, uh, so I'm glad you noticed. Yeah. Well done. Uh, well, we are out of time, but uh, people, you have plenty of time to pick up some of these products or order them online. Now, you have several stores in in uh, Metro Vancouver. Maybe you could just point out some of the locations before we go. Um, we've got uh, Robson Street. Uh, we've got our head office in, in Burnaby. We've got um, uh, Edgemont Village on the North Shore. Uh, we've got Guilford, uh, Tawasson, um, Willowbrook out in Langley. Um, so there's yeah. a variety of them. We're at the ferry terminal yeah. if, if people are heading over to the island. So That's um, correct. Yeah. A lot and of them and also the delivery service is convenient. Yeah. 
Uh, Brian, really great to catch up with you and learn, uh, for me, to learn a lot about uh, Rocky Mountain chocolates my first time around. I I really enjoyed them. Thanks so much for joining us today on the show. Great. Thanks again for inviting us. All the best. Yeah, yeah, you're very welcome. That was Brian Kersner. He's the owner of Rocky Mountain Chocolate. Still to come, John Morris, a two-time Olympic gold medalist in curling, talks about his tour of Kamloops restaurant and wine scene. This is BC Food and Wine Radio, and I'm Anthony Gismondi. There's more to come. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi. Clos du Soleil makes wines that speak of the Similkameen soil where their grapes are grown and the souls of the people who call this valley their home. Winemaker Michael Clark and his team specialize in wines that blend Bordeaux grape varieties with their unique mountainous terroir. The result is wines that are elegant, ageable, and authentic. Clos du Soleil, wild places, soulful wines. Available at clodusoleil.ca and fine restaurants and wine stores near you. Penticton, a perfect place for mountain adventures and a romantic escape this winter. After a day in the snow, stop in for a visit to one of the local wineries. Enjoy the quieter time of year with an intimate winter wine tasting for two and a chance to sample some incredible ice wines. It's the ideal destination for a relaxing and romantic winter getaway with that special someone. Before you go, head to visitpenticton.com for information on Valentine's packages and events. A ring-a-ding-ding. Time for happy hour at the Modest Butcher at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery. Featuring wine by the glass starting at just five bucks, along with the most fabulous gourmet bites the West Side has ever seen. Daily from 2 to 5 p.m. Plus, join us for Tommy and Tannen Tuesdays. Order a giant tomahawk ribeye and get your first bottle of Mount Boucherie Reserve Merlot for just five bucks. The Modest Butcher at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery. See you today. The legend lives on. Three Finger Jack roamed the rugged, lawless gold country wilderness along the east ridge of Lodi in Old California, searching relentlessly for riches. The gold may be gone, but this wine, grown in the land where Jack rode, pays tribute to his outlaw nature, a bold Cabernet Sauvignon, truly worthy of that legendary name, Three Finger Jack, outlaw by nature. Discover the legend at a BC liquor store near you or visit threefingerjack.com. From the Savon Foods Wines of British Columbia Studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, British Columbia. Joining us now is John Morris. He's a two-time Olympic gold medalist in curling. Uh, and it's a real pleasure to meet a Canadian gold medalist. I don't know that I've met very many at all. Uh, but he's going to talk about Kamloops today, and we're really happy to have him on the show. John, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Anthony. It's a pleasure. Yeah, it's great to have you. Uh, I know that uh, I, I want to talk to you about your experiences of staying in Kamloops in advance of the 42nd uh, Scotties uh, Tournament of Heart, which is coming up. Uh, women's curling championship at the end of February in Kamloops. Uh, it, w- what's it like to even be in a in a in a championship like that, like the Canadian Championship? Does that get uh, get you going right from the start? Yeah, well, it's the last time that Kamloops hosted a really big 
a curling championship was the Briar almost uh, 10 years ago. And uh, they sure did a great, I was in that Briar. And uh, so I can speak yeah. from that experience. And it was, uh, it was an awesome experience. Uh, Kamloops is, is a wonderful city and they, they really know how to host, uh, host sporting uh, tournaments. That's for sure. And, and they nailed it, um, you know, for the Briar. And the Scotties is pretty, pretty much the best curlers, uh, female curlers we have in this country are all going to be uh, getting together in BC and in Kamloops. And uh, I think they're going to, it's going to be rocking while they, they host it in a few weeks. Yeah. <clears throat> it seems to me, I, I don't know, like, uh, like hockey or football, the, the fans are less connected uh, in some way to the community during the game. But it seems like in curling events, the fans uh, that live locally or that get to that event, are, they really tie you into what's going on in their city. Yeah, I think that's one of the great things about curling is it's it's a very down to earth sport. So a lot of the times, you know, I know that there was volunteers. Um, there's volunteers, you know, in a place like uh, Camels when we were there for the Briar, they were competing in the mm-hmm. in the playdowns to try to get to the Briar, and they lost out, and they decided, you know, we're going to volunteer for this event instead. So you know, you combine that with the fact that the curlers themselves, who you you know are a lot of you know people's uh, curling heroes that they see on TV. You can meet them in the in the patch or the beer gardens after, and they're welcome to sit down and have a have a beer with you. And and uh, you know that's the type of, of sport it is. So I think it really resonates with a lot of uh, Canadians. Yeah, our guest is John Morris. He's a two-time Olympic gold medalist in curling. John, you're from Alberta. Uh, Kamloops is one of those stops along the Trans-Canada, whether we're going to Alberta or coming to Vancouver, that we, we stop for a coffee or, or whatever, but we should be stopping for a longer visit. There's so much to do there, and I know that uh, you may not have had the time while you were curling, but you've been back since. Tell us a little bit about your experiences in Kamloops and some of the things that, that uh, you, would, you would encourage people to explore on their way, either staying in the city or traveling through it. Well, that's just it, Anthony. Uh, you know, I've only, I've curled in Kamloops in the past, probably in about a half dozen events. And a lot of the times when you're curling in a, uh, a community, you know, for a big event, you're, you're in your own little world and you don't get to see as much of the city as you'd like to see. Um, so I yeah. was a little bit sheltered from Kamloops when I was competing there. And you also nailed it when you said that it, you know, a lot of people consider Kamloops as a stopover myself included, until I went to Kamloops to really explore some of these uh, things that they have to offer. So, for example, I have a, I have a fishing camp out on the island uh, in Souk, B.C., and I go out there every summer. Uh, it's a, a family tradition. We go out there and we fish, and we absolutely love every moment of the trip. But we only, you know, fill up for gas in Kamloops, and we never really see it as a place that we would, that would be a destination or a place we want to spend a few days in. And after mm-hmm. my experience there that I had a couple of weeks ago, I can't believe what they have to offer. It was uh, it was amazing uh, what, what what I was able to to experience. And now when I when I uh, make a trip to you know to the coast from Alberta, guess what? I'm not going there just to fill up for gas. I'll be staying for a few days with my family, and we'll kind of include that as part of our trip because there's so much to do. And I'm really I was really grateful for the. Uh, you know, for that exploration, because I, w- I would never have uh, found that on my own. Mm. Our guest is John Morris. He's a two-time Olympic gold medalist, and we're talking about things you can do in uh, at Kamloops. 
normally I would talk about wine, but I want to talk to you about beer because I don't know that much <laughs> about craft beer, but it's a pretty, uh, it's pretty well done in Kamloops and, and in fact all over the interior of British Columbia. Yeah, our first, one of our first things we did was that uh, Divine Tours set up a, uh, a brewery tour for us. Uh, and, you know, curling and drinking beer kind of goes hand in hand. It's, uh, you know, it kind of goes with, uh, you know, with the whole, you know, growing up in the curling world. So uh, I didn't realize that they have, you know, we only hit, we hit three uh, craft brews that were awesome. And one of the mm-hmm. first one was the Noble Pig right downtown. Uh, yep. And then we went, so we went there and we did it. We did a few tastings and we got a tour there. And then we went to this, the second one we went to was called Bright Eye Brewery. And that's kind of right near that, I think it's called the Thompson River College. Um, so it's it's got a great vibe to it, uh, really kind of trendy up there. And I had the best nachos I've ever had in my life at that uh, at that Bright Eye <laughs> Brewing. All right. They told me about the, the nachos, and I had to try them, and they were outstanding. So, uh, wow. and, and nachos go pretty pretty darn good with beer. So, so the, I, I won't forget that, uh, you know, that stop. And then our last stop was kind of back towards another part of town. Uh, called mm-hmm. Iron Road Brewing, and it was a really cool, uh, bit larger brewery uh, that you know you could. They hosted special events, and uh, and and we went there for kind of our last stop for some tasting there. And yep. what I really enjoyed about it, Anthony, was I got to meet a lot of people uh, at these breweries because yeah. you know I wanted I just didn't want to sit there at the table and and drink beer. I wanted to kind of get to know the the local culture, and so we mm-hmm. ended up buying a few rounds for some for some people and some friends we met. And it was, I was amazed at how down to earth and laid back Kamloops was. As I said, I usually am in my own bubble curling there. Uh, sure. so get, getting out there and getting to know some of the, the, lo- the locals at, at these breweries was awesome. Not only was the beer fantastic, but it was just a great experience. So I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Well, it's a great all, all round, uh, like an all season, uh, resort area, but you mentioned fishing. I, I know that they do some ice fishing there. Have you ever been ice fishing? I've ice fished a few times in Alberta, but, yeah. uh, and as you mentioned, I think a lot of people, when they think of the Okanagan, they think of wine tours, golfing, uh, you know, heading out on those big lakes on a boat, but there is you know, and, and from what I was able to experience, there is so much to do in non-summer uh, seasons out there. You know, yeah. or, you know, we went. Uh, you know, there's there's great skiing in almost uh, any uh, you know close by any Okanagan city, and uh, you know, especially Kamloops. We didn't mm-hmm. go skiing, but I love fishing. I'm a big outdoorsman, and I love fishing. And we went to this absolute peach of a place called the Kniff Lake Wilderness Resort, and. Uh, I think over the last few years, there's been some new ownership there. And yeah. was it ever an awesome, um, we, we were able to ice fish. They got great rainbow trout fishing there. Uh, and it was just the, the whole community there, uh, you know, whether you're ice fishing in the winter or, uh, or sledding or, um, or in, the, in the summer there, it was just uh, a place that I would love. And I told them when, after I left there, I said, I'm coming back here in the uh in the in either the spring or the fall with my with my family because i mm-hmm. love taking my kids fishing and you know f- for only being 30 to 45 minutes from kamloops they got great fishing there and it's a really cool uh, experience outdoor experience that i think any family should be able to to enjoy so i'll be yeah. i'll be going back there we loved it and uh, it was a pretty cool stop 
you know, I, in some ways I can totally relate to your experience because often in, in my job, I, you know, I could say that I've been to Tuscany too many times, but, but I've, it's when I go on my own and explore the area that I really, you know, come to get to know the area and the people and, and, uh, so I, I think that uh, like a place like Kamloops, that's an, a, a great example of what you can do there. Uh, I just think about all those lakes. You know, if, if you're a Canadian and you've never skated on a frozen lake in your life, uh, that is something that should be on your bucket list because it's just so much. It's just there's no way to describe that wind in your face and the way that the way that you feel on a big open lake like that. So. Yeah, I, I think it's a it's a great uh, a great thing that you've done, and I'm I was pretty happy to talk to you about it today. Uh, we didn't talk much about curling, but uh, uh, I won't tell you my curling story because it's uh, it's uh, it was a one time experience, and it <laughs> nobody recovered didn't go from too it. Well. <laughs> <laughs> no sweat. I've heard that yeah. a lot with people that try curling, so that doesn't yeah. come as a surprise. Uh, I have a lot of respect for you. Two gold medals, and you know. I watch curling, and I, 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 I understand the sport and the athleticism. Uh, sometimes people think, oh, curling, but, you know, really the talent that you need to do that at such a high level under high pressure is, is something that uh, to behold and uh, to uh, win two gold medals uh, for Canada. That is just so impressive. I think, Thanks, Anthony. I, you know, when it comes to my curling, I've been very lucky to have uh, kind of gotten to where I have in my career. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's what I'm starting to enjoy now. I feel like I have a whole new life that's starting now that I'm pretty much retired from the sport and I'm able to explore and experience, uh, you know, parts of Canada that I used to just go there to curl at. And I have to mention, there's a few other places I went to in Kamloops from a, cause this is for sure. food and wine, right? Isn't it? Yeah. You know, so yeah, of course. We got to bring, we, we got to bring some food in there because there's a few places that I was able to go to Anthony. Um, the, the first one being uh, this Kakuli Cafe. I don't know. Have you ever heard of it? Oh, yeah. The yes, I have. Cafe? Yeah. Holy well known. Smokes. Well, the bannock there, uh, you know, after, you know, not only do they have great savory bannock, but they had some really good dessert bannock. And, um, you know, growing up in, in, in around uh, rural Ontario, maple syrup was big for me growing up. And they even had a maple bannock that I was just in love with. So, I really enjoy that experience, and I know that my kids would too, because uh, yeah. it's kind of like a qu a quick, uh, you know, place to eat. So Kakuli Cafe, we went to this place called the Jacobs Noodle, that was downtown in Victoria, and the Red Beard Cafe, and those were kind of the the, the high the food highlights that we we were at. And uh, uh, I def definitely left with a satisfied and full stomach after that trip. So it sounds like we we're going to have to have you back, John. There's so much to do in Kamloops. Uh, maybe I'll meet you up there. How about that? Let's do it. You can uh, immerse me into some good wine pairings. Yeah, that I'll take you a few wineries. We'll uh, we'll talk about uh, my curling experience. Thanks so much for joining us today, John. Real pleasure to talk to you. Anytime, Anthony. Thanks for having me on. All that was John. That was John Morris. He's a two-time Olympic gold medalist in curling. Up next, Robert Stelmachuk joins us. He's the SOM M Wine Director for Mott 32. This is BC Food and Wine Radio, and I'm Anthony Gismondi. Lots more still ahead. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Join BC Food and Wine Radio and Anthony Gizmondi at the 44th Vancouver International Wine Festival, April 22nd to 30th at the Vancouver Convention Centre. Tickets for the International Festival tastings featuring 152 wineries from 17 countries and highlighting South America are on sale now. 
Stay, sip, and save. Get a free tasting ticket worth up to $129 when you book a downtown hotel via stayvancouverhotels.com. Details at vanwinefest.ca. Don't wine and drive. Penticton, a perfect place for mountain adventures this winter. After a day in the snow, stop in for a visit to one of almost 100 area wineries, many that stay open year-round. Enjoy the quieter time of year with an intimate winter wine tasting and a chance to sample some incredible local ice wines. Dine in world-class locally sourced restaurants too. It's the perfect destination for a relaxing winter getaway. Before you go, head to visitpenticton.com for information on wine tours and winery events. The legend lives on. Three Finger Jack roamed the rugged, lawless gold country wilderness along the east ridge of Lodi in Old California, searching relentlessly for riches. The gold may be gone, but this wine, grown in the land where Jack rode, pays tribute to his outlaw nature. A bold Cabernet Sauvignon, truly worthy of that legendary name. Three Finger Jack, outlaw by nature. Discover the legend at a BC liquor store near you or visit threefingerjack.com. Today's real estate landscape is fast-paced and complex. Now more than ever, whether you're a buyer or a seller, it's vital to work with a professional real estate company like Remax. Lean into their experience, local market knowledge, and connections. They are your market experts and are excited to help you make your dreams a reality. The right agents for today's market are at Remax with offices in Summerland, Penticton, and Asuyus. Call or visit them at YourSouthOkanaganHome.com. From our Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, British Columbia. We're back. Uh, we mentioned earlier it's Valentine's Day week, and our guest is Robert Stelmanchuk. He's a SOM at Wine Director for Mott 32, I would say my favorite Chinese restaurant uh, in the city, uh, and I'm not arguing with anybody. That's the way it is. Uh, but Robert has done something really interesting and done it for a while at Mott 32. He has this uh, rickshaw wagon of rosés that he runs all summer, and he's a, quite a rosé aficionado. So I turned to him for some picks for Valentine's Day. We're not doing rosés in particular, but wines for Valentine's Day. Robert, how are you? Oh, I'm great, Tony. Thanks for having me back on. Uh, great to have you. I know you've been busy with uh, Chinese New Year and uh, all the all the other stuff going on at the moment, but uh, good to have you on the show. Uh, what makes a Valentine's Day uh, worthy or, or worthy of being romantic? What wines make it worthy of being romantic? Well, what what, I mean, what what is a romantic wine? When people say they want to have a romantic wine, what what do you? If I said to you, "Hey, Robert, let's have a romantic wine for Valentine's Day," what what are you going to suggest? What what are you thinking about? I probably would turn to something that's a little bit more outside the box, but something that offers kind of more of a textural experience, more voluptuous yeah. set of hips, if you will, a bit more sensual of a wine. And that to nice. me comes down to something like mouthfeel, I think, and just the way it kind of caresses your tongue while you're enjoying it. <laughs> okay, ease up, big guy, ease up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know, that's great. Uh, okay, so I asked you to come up with some picks for our listeners because they have a few days they can go out and pick these up. So what, what have you come up with that we can share with them today? Well, probably one of the most shockingly delicious wines that comes in off the radar for most people is from uh from italy from the yep. medici Ermite house 
They have a Lambrusco called Concerto that's available in the BCLDB. It's about 21 bucks, and it's just amazing. It has a little tiny frizzante to it, just a little sparkle on your tongue. It's red, but it has this incredibly fresh and lively mountain berry kind of balanced tannin and acid. It's literally a four-wheel drive wine that kind of goes everywhere and does everything. Goes with a whole bunch of different foods. Can also wow. pair well with a hot tub. Doesn't really matter what you need it for. Oh my God, I, I love that a four-wheel drive wine. Uh, we'll bring uh, Mott Thirty Two into this. So, what would you serve with that? Pick pick us something off the menu uh, or something that maybe we can order, you know, locally. Well, famously, one of the things that we do is our shallow bao, our hot and sour soup dumplings. We kind of dial it up to 11 by using a hot and sour soup in this dumpling. And from Medici Aramite, I use a slightly different version of Concerto um, called Reggiano. um, And it's unbelievably fresh, quells a little bit of that soft spice that you have in the dumpling and works magically well. And you didn't see it coming and you'll never forget having it. Okay. Best thing is you and I, when we were young, you couldn't get, you couldn't force us to drink Lambrusco. No that's kidding, all changed. Like the yeah. days of Lancers or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, what's up next on the menu? Um, I wanted to, to bring in something local. We're talking about uh, Friend Estates. Uh, oh. They have a cuvee Pinot Noir that's quite delicious. Just this silky ribbons of cherry, soft cinnamon. Yep affordable, available in all your major stores, um, kind of great with anything from salmon dishes to, you know, beach blankets. It really kind of goes everywhere with with everything. Yeah, and a friend, of course, uh, billionaire uh, owner of uh, Plenty of Fish, sold all that, went to the Okanagan, making plenty of a splash up there with uh, all of his work at the winery and vineyards around town. But, yeah, I'm glad that you picked Pinot Noir because Pinot Noir is one of those products, one of those wines that's all about in the mouth. It's not so much like if you drink a Bordeaux or a Cab, it's kind of down the throat and, and into your into your gullet area, warming up, you, you know, the upper chest. But Pinot is a mouth-filling, uh, uh, tasting product, and that's where all all the joy of it comes from. So I think that's a great pick for Valentine's Day. Oh, I, I agree. Bordeaux can kind of command your mouth, but Pinot Noirs tend to complement it a lot better. Um, yeah. It, it, uh, menu item for that, Pinot Noir? Well, I mean... There's so many things that we could do with that. Um, we have a autumn menu right now. We're doing a quail with okra that complements mm. it fantastically well with Pinot Noir. Um, just kind of picks up that earthy undertone to it and doesn't overpower it, but yeah. kind of quells that wild side of the quail, too. I'm thinking pork, too. Wouldn't that work? Yeah, sweet and sour pork would work really well. A little bit of acidity in the backbone to keep it honest, for sure. Yeah. Okay, up next, uh, I, I know this uh, wine intimately. It's one of my favorites. So what can you tell us about uh, the great state of Beaujolais? Well, Beaujolais, of course, Gamay is the king here, the closely related brother to Pinot Noir. This is from Domaine de Biards. The Saint Amour comes from uh, one of the more northern crews of Beaujolais. Right. And affectionately named Saint Amour. Uh, you know, I picked Saint Amour because it, this, this wine is readily available, but, you know, it has this kind of... Uh, kind of an almondy earthiness to it, but this violet and floral aspect that's super pretty 
and expressive on the palate as well. And, mm-hmm. you know, put it in the fridge for 20 minutes before you drink it, get a little chill on the edge, and yep. you'd be surprised how fast you can get through that bottle. Now, how, how would you describe, because they're very close, Gammy and what's the difference between Gammy and Pinot Noir for you? Well, it's uh, a great question. Um, a little bit depends on the style of the way the Beaujolais is coming out, but by and large, I think a lot of the Beaujolais will have a lot more versatility on the table because they have a more balanced acidity to them, which yeah. can be shocking in some Pinot Noirs for some people. So I think there's more versatility, basically, in, 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 in Gamay. Yeah. I, I also think it's a slightly more savory wine normally, or a little bit of wildness, that sort of mushroom forest floor thing happening yeah, more, well, than, kind of more grilled, than you would see grilled, in a Pinot. Yeah, like a grilled herbiness that kind of adds yeah. more of a savory component. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Okay, and off the menu for, for Beaujolais, if we're, if we're dining, what what are you thinking about? I love doing Beaujolais with our uh, our signature Peking duck. It's uh Oh, Pretty wow. amazing. And again, when you look at the accoutrements that come with the duck, our house-made duck sauce, uh, the pancakes that you wrap it up in, the oh, richness man. of the duck can really be complemented by that savoriness that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. And it's also, you know, Beaujolais, by and large, can be really affordable as well, which makes it easy for everybody to access it. Can I DoorDash uh, Peking duck, or what's the deal there? Does it have to be uh, no takeout yet for that. I'm afraid <laughs> you got to come see me. <laughs> wow, does that ever sound great? Hey, uh, one thing we didn't talk about, but I do want to mention uh, rosé champagne. Like you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna you know pull out the dog, I guess uh, I don't know if I should say that, but I love rosé champagne for Valentine's Day. I have a favorite. Do you have one that you might uh, pull out of your hat? You know, I'm really fond of the Biacart Salmon Rosé. It's a okay. benchmark producer, pinnacle. It's obviously quite expensive, but I mean, I also work extensively with Lanson Rosé. And mm-hmm. if you're looking for a champagne itself that's a bit more affordable, we work with Gremelet, and it's a bit more kind yep. of that cranberry, pomegranate, rhubarb yeah. tartness to it, but it still accentuates that kind of strawberry blossom through the core which is really lovely yeah i'm going to throw one in laurent perrier the cuvee rosé in the market comes in a fantastic bottle and uh, this is just a delicious sort of creamy raspberry baked apple strawberry kind of affair but uh, i i love uh what's going on with rosé champagne it's really taken off recently but i think also the wine is much improved uh, like say versus 25 years ago the way that they're making these rosés well, all of this just makes me want to get to lunch. What, what time are you? When is lunch over? Like, I'm I'm getting out of the studio. It's uh, well, it's a good point. We do lunch uh, Thursday to Sunday from 11:30 until 2:30, and dinner every night from 5:30. Yeah, and you're busy every night, people. Like, it's not we're that really easy. We're really fortunate. We're really fortunate for that. Yeah, we're a full house yeah. every night uh, for sure. Best way to get a rezo is where online. How? Which format are you using, or what can people do? Uh, certainly through Open Table, people are welcome to call Malt 32, the restaurant directly, or you can email through our website, or yep. you can actually now text the restaurant, and we text you right back. Oh, that's nice. It's so that. convenient that way. Yeah. Uh, well, Robert, uh, you nailed it all as usual. Uh, real pleasure to talk to you. Real pleasure to talk to a Sam who uh, uh, lives on planet Earth. And uh, talks talks about wine in a way that we can understand. I just love that. Oh, thank you so much, Tony. I really appreciate that. 
See you soon, my friend. Uh, have a great Valentine's Day, and don't work too hard. Same to you. Take care. Uh, that was Robert Stelmachuk. He's a sommelier wine director for Mott 32. Uh, next week, we're very much looking forward to talking about a new celebration for the last Saturday of February. It's called Open That Bottle. Till then, special thanks to our technical producer here in Vancouver, Dwayne Bishop, assignment editor, Sherry Caleb, and the guy who stirs the drink, director of operations, Stu Ferguson. I'm Anthony Gismondi, wishing you a great week ahead, and we'll catch up with you next week across the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. That's it for today's show. This is BC Food & Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi. 